You're listening to another episode of The Sag. Eric Desobe here with NLC 2016 Chicago fellow. Fabian Koryakos is here. Excited to hear what he's working on. Let's get to it. All right, sir. Where in the world are you calling in from today? I am calling in from the great city of Chicago in the great state of Illinois. And so what do people misunderstand the most about Chicago, would you say? They they keep getting underwhelmed uh, thinking it's just a small town. It's, it's a leading global city. One of my favorite stories is we had a fintech entrepreneur from London, and he was on a uh, one-week delegation trip with the mayor of London, Chicago first, and then New York. And he comes to Chicago. We sit down for dinner. And I say, hey, man, what do you need? What, who do you need to connect with? Like, tell me what you need to know. And he looks at me and he says, Evan, to be honest, um, this is just my pit stop before New York. I'll let you know if I need anything, but I'll see you in a couple of days. <clears throat> so I said, I said, OK, whatever. Fine. So two days pass by. I see him and I was just like, all right, man, what do you think? And he looks at me. He's like, this Chicago's incredible. There's incredible talent here. Uh, so many people wanted to connect with me and network me and they didn't even know who I was. They just wanted to connect with me to, to the VPs of these big banks and financial services. And I looked at him and I'm like, yeah, that's Chicago. You can come here. You know, it's a small, it's the smallest big city in the world um, with these very strong Midwestern values, but you have access to this beautiful global city. And you grew up there or moved in there recently? Born, How long have you been there? Born and raised in Chicago um, all my life. I'm first generation. My parents came from India approximately 1986. They never left after that. Snow never really scared them. Uh, and I've been in Chicago all my life. I've I've been very blessed because I've had multiple opportunities to visit you know, Europe, Australia, India, you name it. And not one city has kind of ever captured me in the way Chicago, Chicago has. Nice. And then when people ask you what you do for a living, because I know we were talking before we started, you've got a lot of different things going on. How do you usually answer that question? Yeah, it's really difficult, um, especially especially in the South Asian community. It's you know it's it's pretty common in the South Asian community to say that you're a doctor, engineer, an accountant, lawyer, whatever. You know, I don't fit in any of those categories. Um, you know, I'm program manager for Chicago Next, at World Business Chicago. World Business Chicago is the city's economic development public private partnership. So we have 90 corporations and boards that serve on our board, and we mobilize uh, that community to support inclusive economic growth citywide. And I belong to the Chicago Next Initiative, so I specifically focus on tech and innovation. So my job is to work with my team to build the best strategy for entrepreneurs and startups to thrive here in Chicago. So then when folks are considering being an entrepreneur, being in the startup scene, and you have places like Silicon Valley or down here in Los Angeles and Silicon Beach or other parts of the country, what do you feel like makes Chicago a good place to go? Access to talent, just because we have an incredible Midwestern and local universities here in the city that produce fantastic talent. Um, access to customers. We have the fourth largest concentration of Fortune 500 companies. So we have the you know, majority of Chicago startups are B2B startups who have access to well-capitalized customers and access to an ecosystem that really wants to seek you, seeks for you to thrive. And so here in Chicago, you have all the big city amenities of in, in, a, in a great quality of life when it comes to uh, you know, the restaurant scene, the nightlife, uh, just a good sur- city urban life. Um, but you can build a company here affordably. And that's something that we can do and beat out New York and Silicon Valley. And then one of the reasons I'm excited to have you on, because you, you mentioned to me when you reached out that you wanted to talk a little bit about South Asian politics and political involvement since 2016. Uh, what kind of ways are you involved with that in Chicago right now? Yeah, absolutely. So one of, one of my first big... Um, one of my first big involvements was Roger Christian Morthy's race. He's the congressman for Illinois 8. Uh, so Tammy Duckworth decides she wants to move on to the Senate um, and leaves her congressional post. And then it was a competitive primary. But Illinois 8th Congressional District has one of the largest South Asian communities in the country. Now, Asian American candidates, but South Asian candidates have particular challenges. One is 
Um, they have horrible ballot names. Uh, but it was, you know, Barack Obama came out and people's first thing was that, wow, that's a tough ballot name, but they have long, difficult ballot names. Two is that we don't have a natural um, kind of political infrastructure that we can tap into and the way that people in the labor movement can tap into unions and the way that other communities can tap into kind of established infrastructures or community groups. And uh, three is, except for California, there's very few states that have majority Asian American districts. So you have all these kind of different disadvantages that kind of play against you. And one of the things with the South Asian community is that it's, and I'm I'm sure people have talked about this, but the Asian American kind of model minority myth. Um, We when you look at the undocumented population here in, in, in the country, um, half a million South Asians are undocumented. When you look at DACA recipients, number eight and number nine are Pakistanis and Indians. There's some pretty core issues that our community needs to take leadership on. And we have a lot of candidates that want to, uh, who want to step up, who want to push in progressive agenda, but do it in a way that uh, benefits, obviously, our community and make sure there's a voice in that community. So I did the congressional race in 2016 that I was a part of, and that was incredible because I did a lot of community organizing with South Asian families, a lot of people who are not involved in the political process. Here in Illinois, we have approximately 270,000 South Asians, um, approximately 40% may be registered, and then 19% only vote. And if they vote, it's only presidential elections. And some of the things that's really interesting is that while they'll vote Democrat doesn't mean they have a strong affiliation with the Democratic Party. So what I'm really excited about is that, you know, being a progressive and and being someone that believes in this progressive agenda, it's how do you evangelize this progressive agenda to this key immigrant group in especially target precincts and target, target legislative districts? Because if you increase and target the South Asian vote and South Asian participation, that could be the margin of victory for a lot of candidates who be supportive for our community. So that's what I was going to ask, because after 2016, right, all the hand wringing begins, all the soul searching begins, you know, was it a case of white rural voters, the messaging fell flat there, do we need to turn out more of the base, all these kind of questions I'm sure you heard too. So when people consider, uh, and of course, wrongly consider South Asians as one monolithic block, of course, that's not true. Uh, you know, what kind of questions did people ask you about what issues would resonate the most in future elections? And then once you're actually on the ground, what are the one or two things that people think, will talk about uh, the most? One is immigration. I think we've never seen, uh, you know, one of the things about Trump is people talk about, wow, how terrible his rhetoric is. But we have to realize that a lot of his rhetoric comes from a foundation of rhetoric from the past maybe five or eight, 10 years. Um, you know, there's this kind of horrible bullying of undocumented immigrants. But now there's this growing conversation about the problems of legal immigration. You know, my family came here because of legal immigration and we've built a life here in Chicago. And, you know, and I think we built a life following the most kind of best American ideals. And I think part of it is for the South Asian community, it's really common to say, okay, look at this other, you know, that's not my problem. That's their problem. And we have to come together as a community and say that this is a key issue because we benefited from um, a strong immigration, a strong immigration culture here in America, where they said immigrants can come to America and thrive here in America, and so many South Asian families have done that effectively. Two is, um, I think, you know, one of the kind of key themes that we had in 2016 for Rogers race was how do you build and advance the middle class? What what agenda items or what policy are we pushing for working families to succeed in today's economy? And that's providing better educational opportunities for young people um, so that they don't. Uh, obviously go into debt after college that's providing uh, paid sick leave and childcare benefits for working families. So they have those benefits to support their growth of their kids. Um, and those are, those are kind of kitchen table issues that South Asian families obviously care about. We just have to do it in a way that we target this community well and tell them that you have a voice in this process, that you must be engaged in this process because you can't just look at other, at these issues and say, well, it's not really impacting me. Uh, if it's impacting another group, it's impacting all of us. 
When we come back, I'll ask some more questions about messages that resonate with the South Asian community and some other questions about Chicago. Thanks for listening to The Zag. We'll be right back. I think one of the things that surprised me for post-election life is how there wasn't anything that really developed on the progressive side that was a pretty straightforward, okay, these 10 things will happen if progressives, say, take back the House or progressives do X, Y, Z politically. You think back to the mid-90s and and New Gingrich and the contract with America, and they were able to sweep in on something that was really digestible, very easy to understand. Hey, these 10 things happen if these types of politicians win. When you think about immigration, is there is there something that if progressives were swept in and they had a chance to to put their policies into play, like what does that sound like? What were the actual kind of reversals of current policies or what new policies? Well, would definitely a new policy that I've been really proud to work on here in Chicago <clears throat> is how do we support and um, empower immigrant entrepreneurship? And what I mean by that is we have, a, we have an influx of immigrant students who are graduate students or undergraduate students at American universities. And because of their student visas, they have to go back. And many of them are lucky to be sponsored by uh, American companies or companies based here in America uh, for employment. They have employment sponsorship. One of the things I would love to see uh, in the future, especially when we talk about the um, a progressive, a new progressive agenda is this idea that we can of supporting and empowering immigrant entrepreneurs. Here in Chicago, we're working with five local universities um, who will have the capacity to pick individual immigrant entrepreneurs, have them be based at their kind of entrepreneurship center or innovation hub, and then have them build their startups here in Chicago. So if they're working on a startup during their time in grad school, they don't have to go back to their home country. They can stay here in Chicago, build their ventures, hire local talent, and then strengthen our total ecosystem. We've seen countries like Canada with startup visas and entrepreneur visas is also very popular in Europe. We need to do that here in Chicago because we naturally attract some of the best international talent and those who go to our grad schools. And we have to keep them here so they can build their companies and benefit our local ecosystems. Has there been any issues that have mobilized the South Asian community in ways that are a little less progressive than you expected? Um, You know, I think um, one of the things that's been really interesting is that there's a very strong kind of South Asian small business community. And so we have to have uh, conversations with them when it comes to paid sick leave ordinances or laws or when we raise the minimum wage because it's obvious that the small business community comes up and says that we're already really crunched. And one of the things that's really interesting about that is, you know, I think there's many South Asian small business owners or many members of the small business community who say, I know this is the right thing, but what happens is that we get kind of regulation all crunched up in a very tight timeline. So they have thing after thing after thing after thing on their small businesses. And we can work with those individual small businesses to figure out what's the best way they can uh, take in these new rules? How do you make adjustments to it so that there's a grace period for small businesses to adjust? And so for our small business community, we really want to work with them because one of the things that's been pretty incredible, I forgot to mention previously, Eric, is I serve on the board for the South Asian Political Action Committee here in Illinois called Indo-American Democratic Organization. It's been around since 1980. And one of my favorite stories from the group is that one of our, one of our the presidents of the organization gathered all the small business owners in the suburb of Chicago. He brought in the mayor and they had a kind of open conversation about issues that's happening in the community. And the mayor loved it. This local small town mayor loved it because he's like, I want to see small businesses thrive in my town. Everybody give me your cell phone numbers. If you have any issues, call me. 
And the small business owners in the room said, we had no idea that we can have this type of relationship with the mayor. And we had someone from our organization that facilitated that to say, if you have these long-term strong relationships with your local elected officials, you can voice your opinions about these uh, changes and these kind of regulations that are happening and everybody will succeed. And that's what we need to do. We have to. And I think I've seen that in Chicago. I've seen that in Cook County. We've done, you know, minimum wage increase and paid sick paid sick leave ordinances, but we we had a conversation with the small business community, and obviously some of the trade groups were against it. But when you talk to individual small business owners and say like, how do we make this better, and how can we implement this in the long term, they'll they'll be ready to listen, and I think there'll be many who are ready to work on these issues. And then, last thing, if there are people who want to follow races either locally for you in Chicago or nationally with South Asian candidates. Are there any races that you people know, should think, pay attention to? Um, one, of the races, one of the races I was super proud to be a part of was uh, Ron Valum, who won the Illinois primary in March. Um, here in Illinois, one of the, uh, we have a couple of congressional races that are um, being very competitive. Sean Kasten, who's going against Peter Roskam, the Republican congressman right now. Hillary Clinton won his district by approximately 15 points. And then Laura Underwood, who's, I think, central, you know, not central Illinois per se, but south of the Chicago metro region. And so we have some pretty competitive congressional races for the Illinois congressional delegation. And what I love about that is I think both candidates have been just such progressive agenda driven. They're, you know, they're, they're trying to navigate between all the noise that's happening from Trump and the white house and the Republicans, but they've come in and say, this is the agenda that we want, that we want to push in Congress. And this is the agenda that's going to work for Illinois. And it's the progressive values that we all care about. So I'm excited for those congressional candidates. Nice. Listen, thanks for coming on. And thanks for everyone for listening to this episode of The Zag. You can find all past episodes in the iTunes Store, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify. We're now everywhere. More episodes coming next week. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> <laughs>